Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah. There, I've said it now. And they've been doing it tough. And if you want a coffee, 
and uh, stimulate a local economy, why not get yourself on a Qantas flight down to Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, the world's most livable city for 10 years running? Victoria, you're a state in Australia. I want to visit you. That's a- and spend my dollars also in you. Um, Emmanuel in Space 2. Uh this was the horniest of the films. It was probably the spaciest of the films. I really liked uh, sort of the wrapper in which the sex scenes were contained. The sex scenes were many, almost unrelenting, I would say. All of them neatly, chronologically interwoven into the plot. Like this was a story told in a linear fashion and also in an enjoyably clear cut fashion. At some points, it felt like the sex scenes were getting in the way of the story. Yeah, that's true, actually. It was a pretty competent little plot that we were dealing with. And it was a lot of fun. They yeah. have. I, I would also like to say that uh, I'm now experiencing some value in watching the entirety of the Emmanuel Back catalogue sequentially because the first Emmanuel in space film, Queen of the Galaxy, uh, they it sort of served as a pilot premise for the seven-part 1994 made-for-TV softcore series. And in the second one, they've introduced a very long-running theme song. It lasts for about 50 to 55 minutes. Slaps, though. It absolutely slaps. And uh, inside of that, they have also surmised the sort of central running plot and motif of the series which is um very similar to i think in the first in the in the previous emmanuel series in 1993 starring lazenby and sylvia Cristel. Manuel's given a potion and she has the power to sort of take on any other corporal form and have sex and try and you know if her heart is pure in this one emmanuel has been found by this roving spaceship captained by Harfron, and she is designated with sort of explaining or helping you know there are a research outfit available. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to figure shit out. And it is her job to, to do this. And I really admire this. Like, I, I see similarities and I see an entirely different direction, but a very clear roadmap and a homage paid to the previous series. Yeah. And they were made, like, 1993 was the, the, the last one we watched, the last block of seven where they were trapped in purgatory on the airplane. This is a, a block of seven made for TV movies made in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um. I just really, I really like, it feels like it's canon to me. It feels like it's building on the Emmanuel franchise with the parts left over from previous iterations, but it also feels exciting and new. It feels very of its time in the 1990s. It feels very American. There's a deft comic touch. Um, The storytelling, as I've already said, is clearer. I I really like where the franchise is going. Lev is having a lot of fun with the comic turns in this film. Mm. Every opportunity they have to go back to the ship, they insert at least one, often two, of these lines of dialogue that the ship's computer will just say out loud. Yeah, the the ship is close to sentient. Did you ever play Abe's Odyssey? No. On the original um, PlayStation One game, Abe's Odyssey, the game it's about you're an alien called Abe, and you've got to free your friends who are slaves in a factory before you get turned into food. And while you're doing it, if you look at the background, there's all these like LCD scrolling texts, and a lot of them are like game instructions giving you hints on what to do, but a lot of them are just them fucking around. 
Yeah, it's and that's what they've done with the... Yeah, it's like, that's what it reminded me of. Because you, of course, will remember from our previous episode... I'm so tired. Can I say that? Theo, your toast is ready. Why are you so tired, Tim? I'm so tired. I went I went, um, I went, went to Wellington and didn't get a lot of quality sleep there because I tried to pack a lot in. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. You were doing comedy in Wellington. Yeah. Were you funny? Yeah, I reckon I was. Fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think we all did a good job on the show. Um and then, uh, yeah, came back here. Did my boy party all the time? Not, all, No, not as hard as the others, actually. I tell you what, there was 20 of us, I think. We were like 18 or 20 New Zealand comedians exclusively from Auckland boarding these planes. We were a fucking sight at yeah. the other end of it. I'll bet. James were okay, threatening to throw up on everyone oh, at the back of the really plane. Got through the, uh, you got put through the churn of the nightlife in Wellington. Hayley Sproul, who... Uh, a remarkable amount of energy for someone who stayed up till four. I was out with uh, our friends Joseph Moore and Laura Daniel till one a.m. Um, and we wound up at J and M's, which any Wellingtonian will uh, know is a real indication on on the night. J and M's. J and M's is on Courtney Place, and it is an establishment to be avoided at all I costs see. if you value your gastrointestinal tract. But we got some chippies there because it was the only place open at oh, that it's hour. That takeaway spot. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. KC Cafe. Was KC open? KC doesn't uh, open that late on a Monday. Of course, you were there on a Monday. But I don't think JNM's ever closes. So we were there, and then it was one a.m. And then those two had to get a six thirty a.m. flight, and this all occurred to Laura in real time, and I saw her grappling with the mathematics of it. Because she was like, she said to Joe, she said, what, what time's our flight in the morning again? He said 6.30. She's like, wait, wait, <laughs> it's 1am now. <laughs> oh, no. And and she tried to work backwards from there to figure out how much sleep she gets. She wasn't too happy. Understandably, too. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, but it was a good time. Yeah, And yeah. you got back to Auckland yesterday? Yeah, and then um, our little dog here, the new one, Tui, she was like right. vomiting last night. So oh. I, got, I got a tiny bit of sleep and then woke up because the dog was vomiting, and then had to get up at 5.30 a.m. to do um, a radio show. Wow. Can I tell you this, Tim? Yeah. I'm well-rested. That rules. Full of beans. Great. In the best physical condition of my life. That's true, eh? That is true. You're gearing up for a marathon in about 10 days' time. It's fucking exciting. Roughly, yeah. I'm in, uh, I'm in great nick. What's the biggest distance you've done in the training? Uh, the biggest distance I wound up running was 30 Ks in my training, which is far, but still there's enough of a gap between 30 and 42, which uh, you know leaves an exciting question mark yeah, on for race sure. day. Um, all that to say, though, uh, for how poorly or exhausted you're feeling, I want you to know that's how good I feel. We're a seesaw. I'm at the bottom. You're on top. That's right. And you are heavier than me. So I am stranded atop yes. the seesaw until I get off, and then you, you well, fall on your butt. But I'm stranded happily. Mm. I'm I'm saying to you, I could sit here all day, buoyant in the air. What are you saying to me down there? I'm saying I'm going to fall asleep on the seesaw. That's no troubles for me because <laughs> I got a, a really interesting imagination, and I could sit up here and think of interesting things. Awesome. Until you feel rested, fantastic, and then you can get off. Um, I don't even know. Do you want to attempt to explain the plot? Because I, I don't really have it I'd this like time. you to. Okay. So, uh, f- um, uh, You're going to earn your rest. Emmanuel at the 
start. You, I feel like what you're going to do is a deliberately <laughs> shit job. No, to the not point at, at all. Which you bother I'm, me. No, I'm desperately trying to do a good job. Okay, I, I, I promise you this. Um, is the chess at the start? No. <sighs> Tantric stuff at the start. No, it's getting closer to the start though. I mean, the chess kind of bookends the tantric stuff. Got, so got, was Theo at the start? Theo is throughout the entire film. I would yeah. I would argue that. Oh no, Dirk. Okay, fuck. All right. So the first thing that we're dealing with is uh, Emmanuel goes to visit a friend called Dirk who runs an establishment called the Pleasure Palace, what? which seems to be some sort of high end brothel. What is the motivation for Emmanuel going to visit aside from seeking pleasure? I which, think if you want pleasure, you want to go to Dirk's Pleasure Palace. So Rated la- two point one stars on Google. Yeah. <laughs> But, but also like a real weird oscillation between incredibly high speaking five star reviews who are obviously from friends and family or friends of this particular brand of debauchery. Bixby, <laughs> not now. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure last movie we uh, dealt with Halfron getting taught about the ways of human sexuality i just quick i quickly have to finish telling you about oh, sorry. the lower star reviews yeah for dirk's pleasure palace oh yeah 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 which are scathing of the facilities um cockroaches under the bed oh yuck etc etc this is exactly the experience that my friend ken and i had when we drove uh into roswell new mexico and we went to i didn't know you went to roswell we went to roswell holy shit and we went to a di- a very scary dive bar we were quite stoned when we arrived at the dive bar because you forget it's new mexico there's like a lot of meth floating around right there's a lot of meth floating around tim and we were in this bar buying the cheapest beers we had on the entire drive and drawing the eye and ire of all of the locals. You guys would stick out. Like and there was a motel or a roadside sort of inn about 200 minutes down the road called the, it was late and we were tired, it was called the Crane Motel. And we thought it would be really nice if we just stayed at the Crane Motel because then we could, you know, it would be a 200 meter drive, we don't need to do anything else. Yeah. And we looked it up on Google Review. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... I've never experienced such a mind-bending like variety of reviews. So half of the reviews were people saying, if you are in Roswell, New Mexico, it is important that you never stay <laughs> in this motel. We did not sleep because there were meth heads yelling at their... Like yelling at the top of that. This is where meth heads come to stay when their wives have kicked them out of the house, essentially. Oh, man. There were cockroaches inside the pillowcases. And then you'd see like three of these reviews. And then you'd see a review which says, phenomenal service, outstanding uh, quality of you know accommodation, five stars. And it would just go back and forth and back and forth. And we got all the way back to 2017 when someone said, I do not understand <laughs> the people who are saying this is a good motel. <laughs> I've found a one-star review for them. They've got an average of 3.3 out of 5. Worst place ever. The AC was not working, either the fridge or microwave. I I guess that was supposed to be neither. Not clean, uncomfortable in old beds. You can hear what is happening in the next room. (laughs) I will never come back. One star. Two stars from Amber. There were bed bugs (laughs) and roaches, not to mention they are rude. (laughs) And you will be blamed for damages that were already there. Won't go back. Um, one more review, I think. Give me a five star. I'll give you a five star. Great stop in Roswell and good location with access to shopping. Rooms are large and very comfortable. 
Thanks, Heighton. I'm going to give you another two star, though. Not the cleanest place, but Clorex made it better. <laughs> I don't know if that's like to drink or use on the room. Blinds in the kitchen torn in many places. You can see outside. Window curtains you can see right through in the kitchen and bathroom. Sad, sad, sad. <laughs> I put a beach towel over the bathroom window. I hear it's not the safest place, but I had no problems. <laughs> Two out of five. So this is... Three out of five. The motel is okay. The room rates were fair. Lacks amenities. Towels are tough, not soft. (laughs) Morning coffee, you have to go about three blocks to get it. TV, old and blurry. This is like poetry. Does have a full-size fridge, a microwave, and a kitchenette. It's, um, this is the equivalent of Dirk's Pleasure Palace. Some people it are is feast and famine. All about it. And nothing in between. And the people who don't get it really don't get it. Let's talk about Dirk himself. Dirk is a man who looks like, what did I describe him as? A cross between Mel Gibson and oh, someone. Someone else. He's like a, Jay Leno. Jay Leno and Mel Gibson's child. Leather face, curly hair. The guy is a self described jaded voyeur. He runs his discount dime store. Sex Kingdom from a room that has television feeds of all the cameras in the other rooms. Yeah. His kink is watching. Fully clothed. He doesn't touch himself or nothing. That's right. And um, one he of keeps his, his big 90s jeans on and buttoned. One of the people in his employ dresses in a novelty tuxedo <laughs> one piece of lingerie that was hands down the most arousing thing I've seen in my 32 young years. She was a librarian, though. So they take uh, Emmanuel takes Theo to see Dirk. Theo is an alien on board the spaceship, you see. The reason that Emmanuel has taken Theo to Dirk's Pleasure Palace is because she was trying to articulate the notion of arousal and sexuality through images. the aliens. No, she was trying to... She was try- This I actually liked. This I thought was a cool bit of the story. So at the start, she's projecting from her mind these images onto a screen of like people fucking and whatnot. And she wanted to kind of test the aliens to see who could get aroused just looking at the pictures, which is basically the whole notion of pornography. And this is interesting, right? Because, like, a lot of times when we try to define what consciousness is and if animals have it in, like, a higher sense, like we describe ourselves as having, it's all about being able to imagine something in the future, you know, that you haven't, like, seen. So it's about, like, fantasizing. So, so in some ways, this is actually a pretty dope bit of sci-fi. She's trying to see if these aliens have the ability to self-conceptualize projecting into the future in a situation they haven't been on before. So she projects these images onto a but screen. Her, her projections are not future fantasies for which these aliens can enjoy. No, that's true. It's She's, a hodgepodge of erotic art but through the centuries. They're supposed to get those images and kind of like place themselves within it, mm. um, I guess. And uh, everyone's like, hey, nice two-dimensional images, Emmanuel. This means nothing to yeah. us. Hefron says 2D does nothing for our people. Yeah. And then Emmanuel goes, oh, really? And then the ship points out that Theo's liquids I've pressures are exactly. rising. Yeah, and so her vision of uh, elevating 2D to 3D is a... She's the boner inspector. She is the boner inspector, and she her vision of 3D is a threesome uh, rendered in 2D. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it says, um, Theo says, uh, the, the ship says to Theo, your internal liquid pressures 
uh, rising, Theo 204. The ship also later on says, Border Inspector! There will be no more oysters for dinner. <laughs> and Raymond, the meatloaf is burning. This is the same shit. And that- also, bedtime for Bonzo. She says, The film tonight will be bedtime for Bonzo, starring Sorry, Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Which I think has a monkey in it, right? Is that a film famously that Ronald Reagan starred alongside not, a monkey? I, I'm not sure. I think it might be. But Theo becomes aroused. Essentially, uh, sort of his boner representing his hand as an expression of interest in earth sexuality. And Emmanuel says, I see your boner and I would like to inspect it under the banner of heaven. And to Dirk's pleasure palace, these two travel. They go to earth. They go to earth. <laughs> they go to earth. <laughs> Dirk's pleasure palace and uh, Dirk's pretty grizzled and I don't think the best guy in the world (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, um, anyway, he gets a room. Um, sort of Dirk and Emmanuel tee that up. And one of the, uh, the, the that person who guy was talking about before that's got the tuxedo Sil- lingerie Sylvia. on. Is that her name? Good shit. So she brings a bunch of erotic books to his room uh, to sort of help him on his um, quest of self-discovery and sort of, I think, starts to try to make out with him and he's like, no, no, no. And then he falls asleep reading he, these books. He pretty much says, no, no, this is not, I want something more. Yeah, that's right. He's looking for love. Meanwhile, Emmanuel um, takes all her clothes, or takes some of her clothes off and starts masturbating in front of Dirk uh, to completion. Dirk's just standing there fully clothed. He, he's like, thank you. And she's like, thank you. <laughs> and then we're off to the next bit of the movie, which um, I can't remember what happened. Well, he... Is this when we go to Tibet and the movie whacks us over there with the fact that the People's Republic of China own the... The, <laughs> the movie does the put quite a, quite a fine point on that. 
But before no, so the motivation for that is Theo two hundred four does find love with the stable girl. Uh, that's later. No, that's now. Oh. All all in the first movement, we're at Dirk's Pleasure Palace, and Tim oh. is literally begging every single character on screen to fuck a horse. He wants variety. <laughs> oh, he wants bestiality. Hey, that, that wasn't for he this. He wants to see a monstrous <laughs> horse cock slamming into uh, now, a human being. Now, listen. To be fair to me, I I said I think Theo wants to fuck that horse, and I'm pretty sure you agreed with me because he was looking lustily at a woman riding a horse, and I was like. The same. Because to the alien, why wouldn't the horse be just as sexy as the woman riding it? It's not a fucking human being. They're both animals. They're both extraterrestrial animals, guy. He's just taking human form while he's on the planet. I say let him fuck horses, as long as the horse is all right with it. Because maybe agree. they can communicate. If they can communicate with humans, maybe they can also communicate with equine. Is that the word? That is the word. You told me about a. Um... No. Band, <laughs> shadow band, <laughs> shadow band. I told guy about a a, a video from that, the internet that if you know you know, and if you don't, we're not getting into it on this podcast. Not the time nor the place. Satisfied some of Tim's curiosities, though. I don't think I've seen it. I know it exists. <laughs> I have seen it. I just remembered. <laughs> um, Tim's eyes went remarkably wide. So then we go to Tibet after that. That's right, which is owned by the People's Republic of China. <laughs> Fuck me, they tell you so many times. <laughs> so there's a commissary, a female commissary from uh, China, from the People's Republic of China. And so the what? deal in Tibet is that the monk who runs the monastery or shrine um, that we go into is, I think, the spiritual husband of Emmanuel. Manuel explains that to Harfrom when she's on the ship at some point. He's been like, well, he's 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 been around for three hundred years, I think, existing in uh, several lives. You know, what's that called? Reincarnation. Um, so they're all about tantric sex and the phenomenal spiritual power of tantric sex, which Guy and I both thought was all about um, suspending, not coming, edging, yeah, edging, but. In this world, edging's such a yuck term for it. We should go back to calling it tantric. But maybe we've misunderstood what tantric. Uh, yeah, sex I think was. I think they probably share similarities, but are unique from one another. It Anyways, just what a couple of sexual luddites we are! It looks like everyone's coming in this. Yeah. Well, and why wouldn't you? It looks like they're having some absolutely earth-shattering sex. The reason that they've travelled to they fuck the commissary. Well, what is yeah, the commissary there to do? This is fun. Yeah, yeah. The commissary. Well. Basically, um, Hafron is very worried that people on Earth will find out that they're aliens. Mm. Understandably, Emmanuel has this sort of wonderful post-sex aura that uh, is about her, which means she's totally disinterested in everything Hafron is saying. But eventually, they go to the monastery, I believe because she's trying to teach a different person from the ship a different component of human sexuality. She takes a, an, andro- or an alien called Karen 12 here. Are you sure it's not Kara? Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. And uh, while they're there, a commissary from the People's Republic of China is visiting the monastery and uh, everyone's very worried that the aliens will get detected, which means that the the monastery is not above board and there will be trouble. But it turns out that their concerns were ill-founded because the commissary almost operates as some sort of tantric sexual health inspector where she roves around this is a really desirable job tantric inspector from tantric monastery to tantric monastery 
uh, making sure that the quality of practice within each um, place is up to a standard. So there's this prolonged scene. So these three aliens longingly watch the commissary have the... She's a great threesome. Yeah, she's Phenomenal a, stuff. Uh, yeah. Really good stuff. A couple of monks really rise to the challenge. And um, although there are several threesomes in this film, and all of them involve two people having very mutually pleasurable penetrative sex, uh. and one person sort of following Dick from Dick's Pleasure Palace's uh, path Dirk. to orgasm, Dirk, which yeah. is lying off to the side and imagining that they are part of the sexual encounter until yeah. they achieve orgasm. Well, it's suggested. We don't see any jizzing. <laughs> Thank God. That would be a bit much for me, I tell you what. I thought that Theo um, 204 actually articulated the experience of... Uh, he didn't. We didn't see him jizzing, but we knew he'd, he'd jizzing because he articulated his feeling as um, he didn't want to go to a meal because he said, I feel unfocused <laughs> from the fermented liquids. Oh, I thought there was the wine, though, from the fermented liquids. I th- I thought it's booze. He was drinking booze, and she said light-headed, a great way to be while you. I think that was after he'd had sex with Sylvia. No, oh, he didn't have sex with Sylvia. He had sex with the woman from the fantasy. So there are so many moving parts when I you get into know, it. Man, I don't know. Emmanuel was trying to have sex with him. Emmanuel tried to have sex with so many people at the start. No one was having it. Absolutely. Basically, though, what you need to know: the through line of this movie is Theo two hundred four discovers love. He is single-minded in his pursuit of living happily with the stable girl. Hafron is power-crazy and also revealing himself to be a pretty toxic presence. This is, of course, the ship's captain. He spends the movie being furiously jealous of Emmanuel and taking on various different forms or transmuting so he can continue to have sex with her and chasing Theo around planet Earth trying to say, don't be a deserter, you belong on the ship. And um, that's that's what we're dealing with. There's also some Romanese. What are Romanies? Like gypsies. Oh, yes. Yes, there's a there's a wonderful couple of scenes with the... I worry about... Gyp- is the word gypsy a slur? Honestly, couldn't tell you. Probably not the time or place for the conversation, but... I think it's exactly the time and place. I just... Neither of us have the answer. Basically, a king of this army of people who live a nomadic lifestyle and Emmanuel have their wicked way with each other. <laughs> They're wickedly talented. The one and only. Adele. Dizzy. Um, the, uh, but what I, the, what I like in that bit of the movie with the Romanese is the guy who... Because the thing is, right, Theo's fallen in love with the stable girl. The stable girl's kind of into Theo, but she really wants this particular kind of horse. But of course, she works in a stable. She loves these creatures. So she's going to and pursue... And Theo wants the horse too. He wants it for her, right? So he and goes, for him. So he finds the Romanese because they've got these horses, and he fucking kicks the door down. And he goes, yo... You, guy, who's about to have sex with some woman. You, have you got one of these horses? He's like, yeah, i got one of these fucking horses. He's like, I want it. What's your price? And he goes, give me your woman. And he's like, what? He goes, just for one night. I just want to have sex with her for one night. He says, absolutely not. And he goes, hey, you've got heart. You're little, but you've got heart. And I like that. And then he just busts open a bottle of booze, starts drinking. He's like, let's get you a horse. Yeah. That's a fucking... I like that. Like the freewheeling nature of this I lifestyle. like that guy. I like guys who like, I like a person who will kind of give you a bit of fucking friction at the start, but if you stand your ground even a tiny bit, they'll just, they'll, lay, they'll, they'll respect it and lay down, and then they're like, let's party. You like that? I like it a lot. I don't like someone who gives it away for free, you know? Someone who's just like, 
who's this fucking guy? And you're like, hey, who's this fucking guy? And they're like, hey, all right, let's go have a fucking beer. Yeah. You know? I understand, it's a yeah. Cool guy. I, it's a I, good dynamic. He's someone who's he quite light on his feet. He doesn't take life too seriously. He um, asks for what he wants, and if he doesn't get it, he gets on with it. He rolls with the punches. He does. He's and a real Johnny Depp kind I, of a guy. I actually I saw shades of Dirk from Dirk's Pleasure Palace in him because, but you know, prior to the success of the Pleasure Palace, because Dirk, he set up this. This is in a beautiful, stately sort of genuine castle-looking home. But at one point in the film, his cell phone, state-of-the-art cell phone rings, and he takes it out and he says, "Oh shit." I'll be right on it. And then he hangs up the phone and he says, <laughs> I got to get out of this business. And the thing is, you know, you set up a pleasure palace for the pleasure. But you what you don't account for is the hours upon hours of administrative bureaucracy and red tape you got to cut through just to facilitate a variety of different women in novelty tuxedo lingeries <laughs> having sex with a variety of aliens. Also, right at the start of the movie, he claps twice. Thusly, and she fucking walks in the door. That's right. So, guy and I try to figure out what kind of operation he's running here. Has he got a woman at every door with a glass in her ear to it, just waiting for the claps? Wouldn't put that, it past him. That is no way to run an establishment. This, it's a waste of human resources, this man. This jaded voyeur is struggling to keep up with the times and keep up with the books. He's got his back against the wall, and honestly, he's doing nothing about it. All he wants to do is watch people achieve orgasm. And not touch himself. Yeah, it's not as it's not his way, is it? Touching himself, or even wait, does he have sex with Emmanuel? Can't even remember. No, Emmanuel has so much sex in this movie. Yeah, you know they really I mean? say they make it look like she's not going to get any, and then she she, she has hoops, ample sex. Yeah, with a variety of people. And uh, did any of it turn you on? It's called a world of desire, guy. Emmanuel in space too. A world of desire. It's a clever title. There's a lot of um, very beautiful women with their tops off in this movie. Here we go. Here he comes. I did not uh, get an erection in this film, but I think if I was less tired, maybe. Well, as a virile and healthy young man, I can assure you, um, if you are looking to inspect my boner, which it sounds like you are, I did not achieve... Total erection in this I'm film. I'm fucking gutted to hear that. Absolutely but gutted. I did. I could. I would have. Um. There would have been movement on a rubber band. Yep. Gotcha. I will say that. Fair enough too. It's a very. This is probably the most sexual film of the franchise so and far. I, I tell you what. It, it makes for interesting terrain for the boner inspector in movies coming up. Because saw some mons pubis. Yeah. That that shit drives me nuts. <laughs> Like angry or horny? Both. Yeah. I get so <laughs> frenzied when I see a mon's pubis. Drives me fucking crazy. Drives him around the bend. Fuck, I love that tree. You love Such a good tree, that love, tree there. Yeah, the big tree or the... The big tree. Yeah, yeah, the big tree's quality. There's a big tree out the window of the studio that we record in, and I, I spend most of my time just looking at this tree. It's such a good big well, tree. Well, it started small. And yeah, now it's big. It's fucking massive. Can you imagine the root system that must support a tree that? But I would ask, what how tall do you reckon that tree is? Because it dwarfs the house by like a factor of. Th- I reckon if you stacked the house about thrice, I think it's two and a half two and a half times. It's two and a half houses high to use the New Zealand metric. It might even be more. How many meters do you reckon? In meters, like twelve, fifteen. Yeah, probably a couple of houses. About that, eh? Two and a half. Fuck, man. It's an impressive, beautiful tree, especially this time of year. It's all green. Tim, Yo. you're tired. You uh, want out. No, man. No, I no, understand no. it. What's, but 
I don't even know how you. long we've been talking. I'm not going to tell you. What I will tell you is this. No, we're too short. I am a very wealthy oh, former actor and go. porn producer. And uh, so- Hey, I know it was a little while ago, but can I just say condolences on the passing of your colleague, Sean Connery? Uh, he was a fuck. Yeah, you didn't like him? No, he was... Doesn't hold a candle to my Bond film. He did so many more than you, and everyone sort of maintains he was the very best Bond, and that almost to woefully one. misguided. I, I was the best Bond. No one agrees. With I that. chose to do one. I actually put it in my contract before I did it. I said one. I cannot imagine that that's true. It is true. You can ask anyone. Why would I lie about it? Well, I'd ask Sean Connery, but he's unfortunately yeah, exactly. He's fucking passed dead. Away. I like uh, the best Bonds are the living Bonds. <coughs> Timothy Dalton. George Lazenby. Roger Moore's dead, too, I think. Oh, what a shame. Oh, wait, is he? Boo fucking who. Five at my way, I'm going to put a harpoon through Pierce Brosnan next week. Good God. Good God. <laughs> yeah. That'd T- be a cool way to go, though. I feel like Pierce Brosnan's one of those guys who um, was sort of like moderately attractive and then got less attractive in the Mamma Mia era and now got hyper-attractive because he grew his beard out, made it all fancy. I think he's appeared in a couple cowboy movies. The the dude looks good. Oh, he looks like shit. No, the Irish age well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Good genes for aging, if you can make it. Well, what I'd love to hear... Yeah... Is one of your... Am I going to pitch porno to you? Erotic little ditties. All right. If you could perhaps pitch me a porno with me, George Lazenby. Get this. Okay. We're in space. Mm. It's humans. There's not aliens involved. Good. We've got three astronauts. Oh. The, um, one of the valves that leads to the outside environment, like of space, has ruptured. There's oh. been a tiny explosion. So the the whole shuttle is starting to depressurize. This is fatally bad for the crew if this persists. So um, what one of the crew does... Put their penis in it. Yes, he does. You got there. You got there before I was getting there. Uh, he puts his dick right in it. Now, unfortunately... Is, is it cold? It is so... You, don't, you can't imagine how cold it is. Oh, tell me more. I think it's like close to... Absolute zero it's in too, space. Too isn't cold, it? yeah. Freeze your dick off for yeah, sure. It will. But the other interesting thing is, is before that happens. So on do Earth, we follow the detached dick or do we stay with the astronaut? Um, it is attached dick, like point of view. Attached or detached? No, wait, hold on. No, not point of view of the dick. We're like we're fixed on the dick outside the space station. Yeah, exactly. Intergalactic glory hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Intergalactic <laughs> glory hole. So good band. You know, um, on Earth, we've got a certain amount of pressure, atmospheric pressure, so our skin actually like kind of pushes back to form an equilibrium. If you get in space and you don't have that, you just explode, you pop. So he, he puts his dick in to the hole and it explodes and then freezes instantly. It's ghastly. But he saves the other two crew members. He dies in the process which you would kind of expect. But he does form an airtight seal. And uh, there are two female astronauts left who comprise the crew, and they are so scared and then relieved um, that they start making out through their helmets 
mm. which is hard. That's nice. And are they just licking the glass? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind like of fogging up. Pretty unappealing, to be honest. Does it kind of fog up, and then they look through the fog, and it's smeary. Yeah, that's really nice. And then one of them lifts their visor. Yeah, because they just cannot be held back by these glassy barriers. Can they anymore. breathe? Okay. Well, <laughs> just let me get to it, George. If you would, I thought you were a renowned listener. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, the I'm just. This is where it gets juicy. So turgid. So she lifts up her visor because they've, they've, they've um, got a different kind of visor than you would expect, like on a motorcycle helmet, so you can like turn it up. So she pops that off so she can get closer to her, her potential lover. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the guy's whole body is, is being sucked out of the hole that just no one noticed. So it, 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 it gets sucked into space. And then the cabin starts depressurizing again, and so her entire head explodes, <laughs> and, and just like a, a a fucking burst of blood and brain matter mm. goes it goes all over the other woman astronaut's visor, and um, it's pretty hot stuff. You're incorrigible, Tim. <laughs> That's my porno. What do you reckon? I like it. It's not for everyone, but I know... No, but it's for me. Yeah. I know George is into some, some crazy shit. Best porno so far. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a booking at Dirk's Pleasure Palace. You would be exactly the kind of fuck I would trust to go to Dirk's Pleasure Palace. I'm going to watch got a video a of Dirk watching me masturbate. You've got a 10-trip <laughs> ticket to the fucking Pleasure Palace. That's right, and this one's free. Nice one, brother. Which leaves all of my excess capital to invest in your disgusting pornographic astronaut venture. Yeah, man. It's going to be a good flick. I'm going to call it Deep Space. <laughs> Does that work? Works for me. All right. Well, that's been our um, discussion on Emmanuel in Space number two, A World of Desire. I'm going to give the movie um, three, four... Four out of seven pleasure palaces. And I'm going to give the movie a right seeing to. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.